0: Well, hey everybody, Mike Griffith here. Welcome to the second edition of KM Squared and joined by Kenny McIntosh and joined by Kendall Milton. Uh, this is their show every Sunday night, uh, having some fun talking about a lot of different issues. And, you know, guys, this week down there in Hoover, Alabama, it was the SEC kickoff event, the SEC media days, longstanding tradition. All the teams bring their coaches and a couple of players. And I guess I want to ask you, I'll start with you, Kenny. Did, did you catch any of that? And when you do media, what are some of the things you think about? I know you've been doing media for a long time, but what are some of the things that go through your mind? So, one, your impressions on the SEC media days, and two, some of the things go through your mind when you do media interviews? I don't really get to, um, get to see the um, media, really. So,
1: my um, when I go into the media, really focusing on the questions that I'm being asked and focusing on the questions that sometimes be – you know, um, not really shade, but like trying to get you to say something that, you know, that you're not supposed to be saying. But some reporters out there, you know, try to do that. And um, it's definitely out there a lot. So that's the only thing I really look for. And um, just being
2: calm and answering the questions, you know, um, kind of natural. So... Um, I saw a little bit of the videos, you know, a little bit of the clips that are posted throughout Twitter and everything. And uh, it seemed like a big focus uh, this year was NIL, you know, there's a bunch of NIL uh, type of questions, which is uh, really different from the past years. I know that mainly it's asking about the season and, you know, what do you expect and that type of thing. So that was a you know big change that I noticed. And um, when I go into media, One thing that I always, you know, try to keep in mind is like you always got to, I would say, be cautious and, you know, really listen to the question because a lot of a lot of questions are shaped for you to, you know, answer it the wrong way to give out certain information. And uh, I remember at the end of the day, I can answer the question however I want to. You know what I mean? I can uh, say, you know, I feel uh, comfortable answering that question or, you know, it's basically I can react how I want to. So as long as I keep that in mind and, you know, continue to hear the questions all the way through, I feel like, you know, it'll, it'll be a good journey in terms of media.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So Georgia brought JT Daniels and Jordan Davis down there, Kendall. What does it mean that coach chose those two players? And then two, what does it mean when you hear that you're being called out for an interview? Is that a good thing that when Kirby calls you out, is that a good sign you're doing something right?
2: I a hundred percent, you know, those two um, getting called out for the interviews, that just showed how big of leadership roles they have in our team, you know, JT quarterback, uh, the offense, JD really in the trenches, you know, controlling it down there and, you know, praise to those two dudes for uh, doing that and uh, to get called for media as actually, you know, it's kind of a big, it's like kind of an honor because it shows that, you know, you've been doing something to set yourself apart. You've been doing something to kind of, you know, stand out a little bit. And I feel like uh, I wouldn't say it's like a reward, but it's like a, it's like a sign of progress, I'll say. No nah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. J.T
1: is a, you know, a leader on the offense and Jordan is a leader on the defense. Those are both big you know roles on the team and you know just them being called um, it's not really surprising because how high they hold the Georgia standard and um, how well they do it I mean, we, whether that's on the field or off the field. so um, being called is really um, just a shine, a sign that coaches respect you. Um, not respect, but trust you, I mean, and um, that they, that you can go out there and um, communicate well about Georgia and, you know, and not only are you doing it um, on the field, but, you know, actually off the field that the coaches are really looking at that show them that they can really put their trust in you,
0: so. Well, guys, one of the things that so many people care about, and you see this with recruiting sites, you see it with recruiting rankings, football camps. It, it just seems to get so, and even recruits seem to care, you know, when, when, when they post things on Twitter, it is the whole recruiting aspect. And obviously both of you were very high profile recruits identified very early on. And, and I got to believe this was just, it had a life of its own, Kendall. Can you kind of take us through it? And, you know, you guys discuss just how crazy that recruiting and fun it was. Uh, well, for me, recruiting was very crazy because I actually got
2: my first offer in eighth grade. So I was maybe like 14 or something like that. And, you know, being that young, you're really not even focused on the college offer. I would say that like you're playing, I guess, middle school football. You're really just having fun. And once once that happened, I realized, you know, how, how, uh, how much this game would change for me. And as I got older, as I kept going through high school, you know, uh, I would say I probably went to, Two or three college camps, but I would mainly go to the, the Nike camps, the Adidas camps, those type of camps. And um, ever since I would say my sophomore year, that was when my recruiting really took off. I, I remember it, it would be at lunchtime, and I would get two, three uh, offers every day, type of thing, and ended to the points where I had like forty something offers, and it was really just crazy for me because you know growing up um, in Fresno in the Central Valley or whatever. You know, there's always uh, top recruits, but it's it's not too often that, you know, I would say it's like that level, like getting offers every day and that type of thing. It was just something new to me. And to be honest, it was really just a blessing that I got the opportunities that I did. And, you know, I was able to make the right decisions when it came down to it, because there's definitely a lot of pressure on it. Because for me, when I graduated, I was 17. So I was 17 making that, you know, what they call a 40 year decision. And um, it, it was definitely a tough process, but I was definitely blessed to have my family. You know, my my brother was there with me, my mom and my dad. They just continue, continuously supported me. And, you know, I can only imagine, you know, how them boys in South Florida, Kenny, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they had all the schools coming through there. Uh,
1: definitely, man, that's crazy. I, I got my first offer in um, eighth grade as well. Um, that's what's up. Well, that's that. That was. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Just getting that phone call from the coach and just, you know, just being that young and um, just getting, you know, rewarded because all the hard work I don't put in, you know, it all pays off at the end of the day. And just going through that process at a young age is just was exciting. You know I mean, like I can remember getting called out of class, multiple classes a day. College coaches coming to see me. Um, it was just crazy and, um, exciting. Um, definitely when Saving pulled up on me in the helicopter. So just, you know, experiencing all that stuff, um, all that in high school at a young age and, you know, um, it's a lot of, a lot of fun. But then again, it shows that, um, the hard work that you, you, you've been putting in since, um, you first, since I first fell, um, fell in love with the game. So, um, Oklahoma was definitely another big one for me. Uh, they they definitely came through with a whole staff um, to my high school one time and just uh, flat out told me that, look, Kenny, we want to offer you, and that was that. And I was I think I was in my sophomore sophomore year then. And went to um, the colleges and just being able to see the campus at uh, at a young age. And um, Miami was my first one. What about you?
2: Um, My first college that I went to, I I don't even know. It probably was like Fresno State or something, you know, hometown type of thing. Um, Because, you know, a lot of the schools that I was interested in, a lot of them happened to be on the other side of the country. And so it wasn't, you know, as easy to, you know, access those schools or whatever. But definitely going through getting towards the end of my uh, high school career, I had like the top four of LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, Alabama. And that was really a tough decision, you know, because after after every visit, you basically feel like you want to commit to a school because, you know, you see everything, you hear everything, everything, you know, sounds like a dream and you you want to commit. But like I said before, it was a blessing that I had people to, you know, help me, you know, help me take a lot of the pressure off of me and just help me, you know, look at the bigger picture, look at everything that, you know, like they say, the 40 year decision, uh, I had people that helped me. Uh, see the bigger picture so and being in a uh, class you know normal school day and you know my coach my head coach calling me and saying you have a coach here to see you and walking in and seeing you know uh coach Kirby Smart or seeing Coach O or seeing Coach Day from Ohio State you know it's it's definitely crazy because you're Because I know for me you know I remember watching the blind side and seeing Coach O in the blind side and stuff like that so when when those you know famous coaches those coaches that have you know a lot of a lot of um, respect behind their name because of the things they accomplished. When you when you have them uh, in at your school and they're interested in you, they're you know they're they're trying to you know get you to go to their school. It was really you know crazy for me just sitting there and just being like, wow, like this coach is really here, and you know it's crazy that after you know all the time that I've been playing football, you know that's how it you know came down to it. My most wild moment would be.
1: Um I have to say, uh, visiting Miami University of Miami. Um, and my brother was on the team already, so just um, going on that visit and my brother on the team, people already know who I am because of my brother on the team, and just it already made me feel like I was a part of the team. You know, just being an eighth grader, um, it, it was a crazy moment because I'm watching my brother live out th- live out his dream. And um, I'm watching him grow and seeing him develop. And I just know in the back of the, my head, like, one day that's going to be me. And, you know, um, being able to, you know, motivate other young football players. And, um, you know, that. so I'd say that was the most wild moment for me, just seeing my brother on the team. I and-
0: I know you got a good story on that. Like, I know, I know that one. And Kendall, I'm, weren't you a five-star at one point and they took it away or something like that? Yeah, well, for me, you know, high school, all throughout high school,
2: I had that uh, five-star ranking. And going into the season, um, I would say the second week of the season, I had pulled my quad. So I was out uh, about four weeks of the season. And I was like three to four weeks of the season. And, you know, at the end of it, I, you know, I checked out the rankings or whatever, and I seen they dropped me or whatever. And, you know, it was kind of disappointing at the time, but – once I got back um, got back healthy and everything in the season, I basically, you know, the stats didn't lie. I proved why I had that previous ranking. And everything. You know, looking back at it, it's not something that I really, you know, dwell on because uh, at the end of it, rankings don't really have any effect on, you know, college ball. Once you get on that field, nobody's talking about who's a five-star, who was this ranking. It's all about what you can do now. So now that I look back on it, you know, rankings – Rankings isn't something that, if I were to tell somebody in high school right now, rankings isn't something that you need to really pay attention to too much. It, what what you do on the field really speaks for itself. I went, I took a visit to Alabama, right? <laughs> I
1: wasn't rated in the, in the five-star, obviously. Um, I used to, all the All-American games to come to my school and tell me how I was going, there, you know, because that's the All-American was the um, game I wanted to play in. Um, they used to come to my school telling me how I was going to get that offer, blah, 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 to get play playing the game, stuff like that. Um, but I can think back on one one incident that happened on my, not an official, but a visit I took to Alabama. I was um, meeting with the running backs coach, and I was with my father and my uncle and my mother. Um, we, I was just in the meeting room and then I um, believe he's just stepped out. The running back coach stepped out for a second and he had a list on the table and the list had running back names and my uncle spotted it first. So he, as he spotted it, um, he noticed my name was like third, fourth on the list. And um, that right then, I, once I seen that, like, Alabama was, like, off my list then, so like, I, it was no, you know, what he could say as soon as he came back into the meeting room. He didn't know, like, it was over with since then.
2: But um, that was just one crazy moment that I, I went through experience in my life. Um, yeah, I, I would say for me, you know, being being a Cali boy or whatever, I really looked up to Najee. You know, that was somebody that when I um, got the invite in eighth grade to the – it was called a five-star challenge, the Adidas yeah. – um, I was training with him and uh, Stephen Carr and, you know, I was a young buck training with these two, you know, highly profiled um, running backs. And uh, mm-hmm. Najee was somebody that I really, really looked up to, you know, even, you know, throughout co- through seeing his college career, um, he was somebody, you know, just put on for the state or whatever, you know, just kind of solidified that Cali ball could translate to the SEC. And that was somebody that, you know, was, was an inspiration to me to just keep doing what I'm doing and just keep trusting the process.
0: The both of you guys played other sports other than football. Yes. And, and, uh, I know, I know, and Kenny, I'll let you kick it off here, Kenny. Uh, you, you were on a basketball team. I don't know how much of a scorer you were, but obviously, That's uh, you it. had some pretty good guys around. You can share your basketball and then Kendall, uh, the wrestling background, I think is pretty, uh, interesting as well. So we'll start with Kenny. Uh, yeah, I
1: played on university, high school with Bernie Carey, Scotty, um, a lot of five stars, Drew, Trey, a lot of five stars. And the team was just filled with five-star basketball players. And um, just me being that, you know, the good football player that's athletic and, you know, that, that's, you know, good enough to play basketball because I played it since I was young too. And just being on the team with them, like I can remember practices just going, us just going at it. Like, um, I wasn't the only football player that was on the, that was on the team. I had Zay, I had Josh, and we was all just, you know, all we know is hustle because it's coming from football, translating to basketball. We just, you know, how to hustle. So defense was really my thing on the court, uh, scoring all that layup. Nah, I'm a, I'm a pass. You know, that's me. I'm a time. You hear me? So, I you know, I'm really a defensive player. I lock stuff up, you know, clamp, you know. But um, um, I team – Ending up my senior year, um, sophomore year in my senior year, I believe that we ended up winning the state championship. Um, I was unfortunately even getting in football, so playing basketball, it, you know, that was the closest thing I ever, you know, experienced the championship, winning a championship in high school. So um, just being a part of the team is you know, fun, amazing and exciting though. Um, I can, I can, think of one incident that happened,
2: but first, what, what about you, Kendall? Uh For me, you know, growing up, one thing I got into was wrestling. And it's crazy how I got into it because when I was younger, uh my dad, he would always, he'd always said, you should do this, you should do this. And I'm like, no, nah, I, I I'm not doing no wrestling. Like, I play football, I'm not doing wrestling. And, you know, there was a tournament or like a wrestling match or whatever at my school. And I was just seeing it like, you know, wrestling really a sport that is like, it's man on man. You know what I'm saying? It's you know basically seeing who going to do who the worst way and I was just watching it and I came home that day and I told my dad I wanted to wrestle um and getting into it you know it was rough cuz wrestling's one of those sports that it's all about mental strength it's all about you know like I said it's you versus it's you versus another man just going at it and uh the first year first year was kind of that ease into a year but by the second year um I basically was going undefeated I was going to national tournaments going undefeated really just you know, sweeping, and it it was crazy. I was on the California national team, and what we would do is we'd go to Ohio State and um, wrestle. It'd be like a state turn state tournament, so we'd wrestle like other states, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, or whatever. And you know, at that level, it's, it's really serious. You know, what I'm saying those are people that do this stuff all year, and I was just that one football player that happened to have a mean double leg takedown. You know, what I'm saying the you know tackle a dude and. You know what I'm saying? I was able to do it to that level, but to be honest, by the time I got to high school, um, my school, I went to Buchanan, so Buchanan, if, if you're like a serious wrestler, you know Buchanan is one of those schools that every year, the top three nationally, like no exceptions, nothing more or, or nothing less than that, and um, you know, me personally, I didn't have a real love for wrestling. It was just one of those situations that I was good at it, so I'm going to keep doing it. So when it, when it got down to really getting into the Serious level, like the level of seriousness that my school, the coaches took towards wrestling, I wasn't, I wasn't for it. That that was something that you know didn't do nothing for me. But you know, I, I want to hear that basketball story that, he, that he's about to bring, that he's about to bring up. Good question. Would you wrestle Jordan? You know, Matt, would you get in the ring with Jordan? Oh, most definitely not.
1: <laughs> but um, back to my story. Um, I can think of an incident where. You know, back to me being on the opposite side of the ball on um, basketball. Um, being a defensive player, I was playing defense. I ended up getting a steal, and this was one of the games. Like I think it was senior night, so we all like wearing KDs. This like, I think I'm in like I'm in junior year, probably. We all just you know wearing KDs. The whole team got on different co- like different color KDs and. We thinking, you know, we out there looking good and stuff like that. I got my girl in the stands watching me, you feel And I ended up getting this steal, right? So it's just me going down the court, fast break. I'm finna go bang out, right, you feel me? But um, before I can, you know, even get the two dribbles, I ended up falling, tripping, and just... <laughs> i <Eric>. and <laughs> <I'm> failing. <laughs> And the ball went out of balance, And I just remember that because, you know, that was just one funny moment that, you know, everybody just laughed. And that's just one moment I'll never forget. On the floor, right,
2: now I, I want to kick something off because, you know, I played I played a little ball back in my day too, you know what I'm saying? And I was one of those players, look, look, look I was one of those players that, you know, I wasn't – I ain't going to say that I was you know, the best basketball player, but I was young and very athletic, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, you know, yeah. playing in – I think it was probably like middle school. We go to tournaments and, you know, I was an athletic player, so it's a fast break. I'm going to try to bang out, like you said. So it was one It was one game, it was one game. Um, they had threw the ball to me on the fast break. I go to bang out, boom, rim check. No. <laughs> so, so, it's like, so it's like, okay, it's like, okay, I'm going to get myself back together, whatever. Like, we laughing about it, because by this time, we blow the team out by like 30, so. Really, just playing with him at this point. So you know, my homie, he blocks the second time. My homie, he blocks a uh, blocks a shot, throws me on a fast break. I'm like, I'm for, I'm for the bang out. Boom. Uh, rim check. <laughs> uh, same thing again. So you know, with that, you know, it was it was, it was definitely crazy. You know, what I'm saying because you know, it, it was just a fun fun moment in time.
1: Definitely, I feel like if I was six six, I'm definitely on the court banging out like, whenever. When the fast break, all that I'd have been on the court, went to the NBA and Went one and done. i went to college
2: one and done if I was six six. So they be- done brought the folks in the chat. Hey oh. Richard, it,
0: Kenny, <laughs> Kenny said he's gonna go one and done if he's six foot six. We got we got yeah. Richard McIntosh and Chris Milton joining us tonight. A little surprise for the guys. I mean, they've been telling us how great they were at these other sports. Did you guys have him in the wrong sport, Richard? <laughs> can he be lacing him up on a basketball court somewhere? Uh He's in
3: the right sport, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I'm not going to take it from him. I think he'd probably do anything he wanted to do, but uh, he's in the right sport.
4: <laughs>
0: Chris, you put I Kendall on the mat. He said he didn't even really like it, it sounds like. Okay,
4: first of all, that was Kendall's <laughs> choice. Okay. He, he, came, he came home one day and said he wanted to <laughs> wrestle, and Big Brother gave him hell about the singlet. But he he stayed... He stayed at it, though. He stayed at it until it was getting real.
0: Richard, I know both you and Chris coached your sons, and, and obviously you went through it with RJ, now an NFL player with the New York Giants, and Dion up at Washington State. Kenny as well. You know, we had a lot of fun with Kenny. Told the story about the nickname down there in South Florida. Uh, what are some of your memories of, of Kenny growing up and, and playing football and, and coaching him as you brought him along?
3: Oh, man. By Kenny being the last, the, the baby, it, it was real special with Kenny. I knew from the moment, the moment that Kenny was about five years old, I think the first time he ever put on football hats, we were in Ohio, I really thought Kenny was going to be a def- defensive uh, player. You know, he he hit like a like a, a train, man. He hit, we had a lot of complaining about how hard he was hitting. He was playing with kids twice his age. Not twice his age, but about two years older than him. And it was, I I knew Kenny was gonna be real special because he had no fear. I kind of like when I look at him running those kickoffs, he's he's just no, he's fearless with it. So that's my memory of just him being a tough, competitive. He thinks he can do anything. If you told Kenny he, he couldn't jump off, jump off the roof and, and do backward flips, he'll do it. He he just was one of those kind of kids that hey, he, he really believe he can do anything and he was always competitive. He was one of my kids, he's the the one, the one. Personal, I mean, one kid of mine that would always wrestle with me. He just always wanted to compete. And I, yeah, I just I, – I I really enjoy – you know, I'm looking back at it now and seeing where he's becoming and where he's headed, I'm going to miss those times, man.
0: It's been special. Chris, obviously out there in California, you had a chance to – you know, your, your older son played football as well, worked his way to Fresno State. Kendall told us about that last week, that testimony of, of watching him uh, – Battle to get to Fresno State through the City College, but but before Kendall was a, a big big time running back at Georgia, he was a little leaguer. What are some of your memories and reflections on Kendall as a youth?
4: I remember Kendall's first year playing; he was in first grade, and I, I'll tell him now he was trash. It was bad. It was it was embarrassing. Um, he was so. If you remember, on um, when he committed, Mom talked. She called him Twinkle Toes going back to the Fred Flintstone when he was bowling, where he just kind of tink, 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 and then bowl. That was Kendall, playing in the water trolley, man. Just, it was frustrating because that was on the back end of Big Brother. And I just remember um, his second great year, when we put on pads, I was actually out of town on a business trip. And the other coach, you know, I told him, I said, hey, bro, I don't know what to expect. Let's just put it that way. I mean, he looks good in the agility drills and everything. Um, he, he he, great practice player, but I don't know what to expect when you guys put on pads when I'm gone. All I know is the co- cause I was getting back is that he was a banger and he was out there banging. So something switched between that first and second grade year. And f- f- ever since that point, he was on an upward trajectory. And kind of like Richard said, I thought Kendall was going to be more of a defensive player. He played linebacker. Again, he was a banger. He had the speed to, to cover and contain. But um, he found his niche at running back and um, he never really practiced a lot at the running back. He worked out with Big Brother doing DB drills, which is why for his size, his feet are like they are because he's always trained with defensive back. So he's been learning how to use his hips and all of that type of stuff. And, you know, back then, even as he was going through, if you would have told me he would be where he is today, I, I wouldn't have been able to fathom it, you know, even though I'm his dad and, you know, we were thinking, okay, maybe we can get at least get college out of it. Let's just at least get college. This, this wasn't, this wasn't our stretch goal. So, you know, to be here is truly just a blessing and I'm a fan. I'm a fan of both my boys. And I finally get to do that since I'm not on the sideline, having to worry about other kids, family's feelings. Right. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just enjoying this.
0: Richard, that's, I was getting, I was getting ready to ask you that. And, and Chris, that's a great transition how hard is it to let go? And again, Richard, I know you coached a couple other ones. You might've been ready by that time Kenny was done, but is it hard to let go? And, and now, you know, and I'll have both of y'all answer this. You know, you, you just sit back. Like you said, Chris, you're a fan. You sit back, uh, Del McGee, Kirby, smart, uh, Todd Malkin. These guys are, are coaching, uh, Kenny and Kendall. How hard was it to let go originally? And is it tough right now to just kind of have to sit back and not be on the sideline with your hands on the controls of the team? I do miss
3: the sideline. I honestly do miss that. But I think being a coach, you're always a coach. And I think it's one of those situations where he might have got where, Dad, I've been listening to you all these years, all these years. And by the time I got the Kini, I kind of pulled myself back just a little bit because I think I was a little bit more harder on the other boys because I wanted to just really – knowing Kenny was the last one, I wanted to enjoy that a little bit more. So I, I pushed, but not as hard as I did the other one. But it's been real hard to sit back and not be on the side or not be in you know, that game talk before the game and all that, that you enjoy and come to enjoy to do with the kids and everything. But I do like – like like Chris said, I enjoy just watching. I'm a fan. Uh, I'm happy to, to just really – I never imagined him being, I never imagined three kids being at the level of football that, um, that I'm seeing from my boys. And I'm blessed. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, ju- I'm just happy to, to be a part of this, to see them go as far as they can go. Well, I,
4: I actually kind of let, I let my oldest son go in high school. And I let Kendall go when he went to junior high. And I always say that it was, it was for the sake of our relationship. Because at, at Kendall was very much Kindle what'd you say, Kendall? <laughs> Kindle <laughs> Kendall was very much like me. And it would have got to the point where we was we would have thrown hands. It was it was inevitable that we would have thrown hands. So for the sake of our relationship, it was necessary that I turn him over to somebody that I trusted. And I'm gonna be completely honest, that's probably the best thing that I could have done. Because at that time he needed a different voice with different language. And I think he also needed just dad. Um, he shared me for so many years. Kalan shared me for so many years, and it was time just to have dad. And like Richard said, man, is sometimes I have to catch myself because after games I'll see something, and mm-hmm. instead of getting in, instead of getting in his head, getting getting on his head about it, you know, we'll turn it into a conversation. But the cool thing about it is he already saw what I saw, right? So yeah. it's just a fleeting conversation. We can let it go and. I can just put my arms around him and tell him how proud I am. So I'm, I'm enjoying, honestly, finally being a dad. I really am.
0: Well, Crystal, I, I heard these Georgia quarterbacks are throwing the ball too hard at him, man. Did he not call you and tell you that they're throwing the ball? He told that story. You told me there's, a, there's, there's some other aspects to that story. I'm going to let you finish that story for Kendall. Oh, no. It,
4: it was hilarious because when my mom, you know, she, she didn't know what to expect when she called me. Um, when he and Kalan were playing catch. So when I got the phone call, you know, that Kalan, that Kendall was out front crying because the ball, I said, put him on the phone. And, 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 and for the sake of this conversation being censored, I can't completely say what I said to him. Um, But nonetheless, uh, my mom was, (laughs) my mom was surprised. My mom was surprised, but, but I tell you what, the crazy thing about it is that, what I didn't realize is that moment right there meant so much to the three of us, um, specifically Kalon, because the first game that Kalon got to go to for Kendo against Auburn, um, we all were kind of emotional, right? You, you see your name on the field really for like the first time. And, you know, you see where you are so on and so forth. Well, as for Kalan, He got emotional because, you know, he's looking at it from a big brother perspective and was like, man, that's, that's the same little kid that was out there crying because I was throwing the ball too hard at him, right? So he even remembered that situation. So, you know, you don't realize what are pivotal moments in someone's growth until you get to that place and you start to start to recap those, those memories.
0: You told us the story earlier tonight about the Alabama visit and uh, the list on the desk. What, what are you thinking as a dad? I mean, can he- Kenny, Kenny, sound like he made up his mind right then and there. He wasn't going to be going to Alabama. Oh, what were yeah, your, what was, your thoughts when you heard about that, was, that list?
3: Man, it was something, man. He, he um, I never forget that. My brother in law was sitting down at the desk and everything, and he, he yeah, he, t- he saw it and he, t- he took a picture of it and texted over to me and showed <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> right then. He's like, "Hey, I'm, I don't want to join them. I want to beat them." And that was, I was, you know. One thing we by me being him being the third one and we've been through that party that dance a couple of times. I was always telling coaches, man, don't come trying to throw no song and dance. Be keep it real. You know, we we don't need to hear all all that other stuff. You know, let's just keep it real. What you know, what's your tensions? What you know? Let's you know keep, and um, for him to to this to come and try to throw smoke like that and then slip up and let that <laughs> left on the desk. That's his handwriting and everything. I joke with him today about that. <laughs> Me and him, you know, every once in a while we communicate. That coach, I'm not going to say the name, but we yeah, we still communicate about that. You slipped up and made a mistake. And um, Kenny made his mind up right then. I didn't. I don't want to join him. I want to beat him.
0: I'll tell you one thing. I think it's pretty clear to everyone. Uh, you know, we're, we're, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree with both of these young men. Great leaders. Great fathers. Um, you know, you know, strong role models. I mean, you, you can see it right before your eyes. And and Chris and Richard, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It's kind of impromptu. You know, it, it, we try to keep this show pretty real. Hey, I didn't tell these these dads, I said, let's do this earlier today. Hey, I got an idea. Let's go tonight. You know, you see Chris sitting in his car, Richard in the kitchen. They're, they're on, right? Anything that they can do for their sons, they're going to be there. And uh, tonight was a very unique and special opportunity. And Chris Milton, I want to thank you very much for joining us and Richard McIntosh, obviously, you guys. I know you got a lot to be proud of with these guys, and they're doing a great job with the show. We're really enjoying it here in Dog Nation. Hey, a-
3: boy, really... go
0: ahead. You. appreciate you having us. All right, you got it. Well, there you go, guys. We brought the dads on there. Uh, you telling them stories. We got to keep you honest. I knew them dads would keep it straight, right? You guys got real <laughs> quiet. Then you said, "Oh man, we don't look, know what's going to hit." Now, right, look, I'm I just, know, I'm just bad. glad, I'm just, just glad that
2: he, did, that he didn't tap into any of those real. Don't want any those deep stories, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, <laughs> hey, that's I'm, all right. just, I'm just glad.
4: That's hey. all right, Kendall. I I I watch it on Sunday, and I I join the chat room. Don't worry. Hey, look.
3: Hey, <laughs> don't, don't worry. I'm, a, your I'm a, mom, a, your mom was like, "On the embarrassing my baby now." <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, I'm gonna join. The, I'm to join the chat room, but this this is all this is all I'm gonna say. I want to say it publicly. I, right, Kendall, I tell you and your brother all the time about how proud I am of you, how you guys are blazing your own path, how I look back at myself when I was 24 and 19, like you and your brother. And I can tell you straight up with humility that I did not have the discipline and I was not willing to make the same sacrifices that you guys made, which is why doors close for me, but remain open for you. But what I will tell you is, when you look back at your family lineage, man, your grandfather, your your great-grandfather, your grandfather and your dad, We've 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 done a lot of things in life, and we've been truly blessed. And what I will tell you is, we still left a lot on the table. As much as we got out of this life, we still left a lot on this table. My prayer for you and your brother, but you, while I'm talking to you, get everything, everything that's meant for you off that table. And while you at it, go get go back and get the stuff that we left,
3: bro. Eat, all right, eat. That's Good work. So Good words. Good luck. Same the same thing to you, Kenny. I'm very proud of you, and um, I've always told you, man, don't make the mistakes I made. If you don't, if you listen to me, I told you and your brothers, you don't. If y'all listen to me, don't make the mistakes, and trust me, man. Sky's the limit. There's you cannot achieve. And um, like you said, that hey, go get it, go eat, man. Go get everything that's out there for you. Don't let nothing mm-hmm. stop you. And there's so many things that's gonna come to try to be, to be that blockage to stop you, man. And you know what I'm talking about. Don't let it happen. Don't be that one. There's so many of us that have done it and, mm-hmm. and, and, and live that life of what I could have done. Don't be that. Right. I, my, you know what my saying is, Kenny, you work hard now and you live easy later or you live and play easy now and you're gonna work hard later. So you make your mind up which one you're gonna be, which one you're gonna do. That's right. Right. So I'm proud of you, though. Right.
4: Hey. Man. Yeah. Okay. Hey, y'all, gonna have, y'all gonna have us teary-eyed in here, man. Come <laughs> up, bro. <laughs> uh,
0: my baby boy. Kenny, what, Kenny? What do you think? You can you you you're a man a few words uh, tonight. You got cried there. I say, can, Kendall and Chris ready to go at it again here. They're gonna have some fun about that. He said, Dad, you didn't have to mention I was crying. <laughs> he left that part out. We knew he was upset. Dang, Chris! Uh, no, was, trust me, this is way
2: worse. Trust me, there's them stories go way deeper. Trust me.
0: <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Richard, tell me you you had all sorts of wrestling around with your brothers. You didn't tell us all those stories, man. You like, keep I'm, it a kind of down low too. How many holes y'all put in the wall? Uh,
3: how many holes y'all put in the wall? that was terrible but now
1: yeah i'm a competitor like my older brothers can get it too like right.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, oh they can get it <laughs> huh?
3: they had me patching walls all the time man i'm telling you <laughs> else
0: it'd man they'd learn how to drywall in that house huh? hey
4: but i will hey but I tell you, as tough as they try to act, as they they can run through a wall on that football field. But them the same dudes that when they come home, they land on their mama lap.
2: Uh, it's like, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, hey, yeah, look, yeah. ain't no shame in it. Ain't it no ain't shame it. in it. <laughs> I
4: love
1: my mama.
2: For real, I'm a mama's <laughs> boy at heart.
3: My daddy, boy, but I love my mommy for sure. More you get mad at that when you say that I'm a daddy's boy. <laughs>
4: hey, now, that was that was a shameless plug, Richard. Bro, don't even fall for that. Don't. It's just because it's you here, bro. That's all that ah, is. Nah, you know. <laughs> my mom knows for sure.
0: <laughs> Front seat or back seat? Front. Right. Front seat. Airplane or bus ride? Airplane. Airplane. Math or English? Math. Um, English. Vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry?
4: Vanilla. <laughs>
0: <laughs> strawberry for <from> me. <laughs> Yogurt or jello? Yogurt. Yogurt. Juice or water?
2: It depends what type of juice, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really. what it depends on. But most of the time, I body juice
1: hydrates,
2: so I got to get your balance in. Yeah, balance, I will say that too.
1: I was for
0: Steak or chicken? Chicken.
2: Steak. I give me a nice steak and I give me a, a, what's it called? What's the cheese called? Blue cheese, give me a nice blue cheese, you know. baked French salad. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful.
1: Blue cheese, yeah. Why you grumpy?
2: Don't knock it till you try it, man.
1: <laughs> Not on no steak. What you talking about? Don't
2: knock it till you try it, man. All I'm saying.
1: I'm knocking. What you mean? <laughs> listen,
2: it's like baked onto the steak though, so it's like, bro. Look, it only tastes. But check, listen. It ain't. It ain't just regular cheese by itself. It's like on the steak, and it give it more flavor.
1: It's that mix of flavors
2: that, you know what I'm
1: saying? Once I do me a steak, all I need
2: me is some A1 sauce. See, that's your yogurt, problem. Potatoes, macaron, I'm good. Yeah. Talking about some A1 sauce, that's your problem. What's
1: you A1 sauce?
2: You, you want the basic
1: steak. You gotta
2: expand your horizon.
1: If you just eat cheese on your steak, that's what you're doing.
2: Bruh, it ain't regular cheese. cheese it's blue cheese.
1: cheese. No. You can't not it. Cheese. You can't tell me that a regular cheese. Blue cheese is cheese. Bro, blue cheese, cheese is not, not cheese. regular cheese.
2: <laughs> I'm busy. Blue cheese is not regular cheese.
1: Why you can't just say you put blue cheese on your steak? That's the only thing you put on it, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, you listen, you talking like this, why? The next time, we're going to go to a steakhouse.
1: only thing you put on your steak,
2: right? Now, look, we're going to go to a steakhouse. And look, I'm going to have you order a steak with the blue cheese. And why? It's going to change your life. And I'm going to get you
1: right. I'm going to get you right with the nice crab top on the steak with some like A1 sauce.
0: A one. It's going to A1 is gonna be. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. You guys, you got. I think you just stole the saw that stole, stole the sold sauce. You stole the show with the steak discussion. <laughs> <laughs>